recording with Miss Claire Lopez. It's it's been a minute, and today is uh Friday, February tenth, twenty twenty three, at two or four p.m. Eastern time for episode one thousand eighty two three. I don't even know anymore. Um, but uh, it's been a while since I've had you on, and that's entirely my own fault, as you and I are trying to uh, arrange a a special podcast. But um, for uh, for all the new listeners, Miss Lopez, please introduce yourself. Well, thank you. Glad to be back with you, and uh, as always, to uh, catch up with you again. Um, so, for anyone that doesn't know, you did work at the Central Intelligence Agency for, I believe, twenty years, doing analysis, and you have a a a wealth of knowledge, really, on any and every topic we talk about. And seeing as how, for the first time, probably since like Sputnik, we had a a foreign communist power in our airspace. Well, technically Sputnik was space. I figure why not talk about it? This is a, a rather big one, yeah. though it is a balloon and not a, a satellite. Nonetheless, it was a, has there ever been, I mean, since nine 11 or Pearl Harbor, has there ever been an incursion in us airspace? This, this, well, yes, time? actually. Um, I think many people perhaps don't know about this, but in, uh, the year 2012 and again in, um, 2016, if I've got the dates right, North Korea launched, respectively, two satellites uh, that pass over the Western Hemisphere every single day, including over the United States, on a polar trajectory. That means coming up at us from the south, not as you would expect over the northern approaches You know that NORAD is supposed to be covering. But but rather on this polar trajectory, um, and 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 what the um, the late and uh, much missed um, uh, fantastic expert Dr. Peter Vincent Pry uh, explained to me at one point was a fractional orbital bombardment system uh, trajectory, uh, and uh, as Peter told me us. Um, you know, we we don't know what's in those North Korean satellites. They are of an, a, a, a size and an attitude of of, of uh, flight um, and and a uh, a trajectory um, that could contain EMPs, electromagnetic pulse weapons. We we don't know. But something else that Peter told me is that were it in fact to be an EMP in either one of those. Uh, they, at least theoretically, could be remote detonated by a signal sent up to the satellites from Earth. So yes, our airspace, um, although it's it's pretty far up in the atmosphere, I mean, uh, much higher than the, the these balloons from, from the communist Chinese have been flying, but nevertheless, over the United States and the rest of the Western Hemisphere uh, for years now. And nobody really talks about it, do they? Mm-mm. And uh, I've heard the term before, but could you explain what a, a fractional or, uh, orbital bombardment system is? Yeah, um, what it means, uh, and this applies to hypersonic cruise missiles and hypersonic glide vehicles also, um, is that um, the the object in question here, be it a satellite or or the, uh, the hypersonic cruise missile, whatever, um, kind of skips into and out of the upper atmosphere between the atmosphere and what we would call space, outer space. And it, it, it does that um, in, in ways that make, makes it very difficult to track, uh, to counter, 
um, or you know, to, to shoot down. Um, in addition to which the hypervelocity of those hypersonic uh, cruise missiles or glide vehicles, um, the speed at which they, they travel is also extremely difficult. But this sort of skipping, that's the fractional part. They're, they're fractionally within an orbit and then fractionally back into our atmosphere um, in, in a bouncing kind of a movement, if I understand it correctly. I, I dearly wish that Peter were still with us because he would explain it much better than I am. Uh, but that's my understanding of it. So to, no pun intended, I guess bring it back down to earth <laughs> is from that was that was terrible and I apologize. I will self-flagellate myself. I will self-flagellate <laughs> for that pun. It's, it's okay. not allowed. It is unacceptable. Um, but yeah, so to bring it down from orbit and from hypersonic speeds to a balloon at 60,000 feet, that's still that's considerable altitude, right? It's 10,000 feet lower than a U-2, about twice as high as a commercial airliner. Um, but as a, and I had on, I think last week, uh, uh, Ron Moeller, who was, uh, uh, was in the CIA paramilitary branch for Air Branch. And he talked about this balloon is unique and that it had, uh, I guess, it was directional. It wasn't. It, wasn't it was remotely it. controlled as to its altitude and the direction that it took uh, in mm. flight. Yeah. So, though wildly different from a satellite, could you maybe explain the threats of this? Why or why it was or was not, or yeah, why it was not shot down as soon as it went into Canadian or Alaskan airspace? Are we? Are we bombarding it with with you know SIGIN, Eland? Are we trying to get it from it? Are we what it, are was what was the purpose of allowing this thing to go? You know, when a plane doesn't respond, fighter jets are on its wings relatively soon. But a balloon from the communist or the Chinese Communist Party is allowed to fly for multiple days unmolested. Why is that? Not that you have a crystal ball. You know. Uh, the the authorities, uh, national security authorities of the United States and of Canada, both um, have been remarkably tight lipped about any of this. The questions that you've just asked, which are perfectly uh, normal questions. Um, we never did hear um, anything out of a NORAD official, NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command. Um, you know, the joint partnership between the United States and Canada to defend, you know, against uh, uh, incursions into uh, North America coming uh, uh, over uh, the Pacific Ocean and then down uh, from that direction, which indeed this balloon just did. So not a peep that I know of out of NORAD, nor did I hear anything uh, from Canadian friends. They were not told as, um, even as citizens, you know, what, um, what was going on or that anything was going on. Uh, and then our own officials, you know, the the um, Department of Defense, the Pentagon, um, and President Biden himself never did take to the microphones and the cameras at the White House uh, officially to, to speak to the American people and say, look, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing um, in response to that incursion by the Chinese Communist Party into our airspace. None of that ever happened. Um, some questions, um, you know, were were put to President Biden by reporters uh, as he was uh, traveling between and betwixt, um, and and he 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 sent back, you know, some some comment about, well, we're going to take care of it. Uh, and then we did have a briefing from an Air Force general 
um, at some point last week who um, who said something to the effect of uh, uh, to the to, to to the reporter's question. Um, uh, well, you know, where is it? What 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 you know position is that balloon in right now? As of you know that that point in time of the uh, press conference, and I mean the arrogance of this general, the absolute disregard for the American people. Well, just look up in the sky, he said, and and you'll see it. Um, so we don't know uh, really officially what our national security, Canadian, American, NORAD, uh, knew about the balloon, when they knew about the balloon, uh, and, and what, if any, countermeasures they took against the balloon. Although I did hear a report, I think it might have been from uh, Jennifer Griffin um, from uh, her Pentagon sources, and of course she's a very good uh, reporter with Fox. And at one point I recall her saying something to the effect that her her sources had told her uh, that the U.S. military had disabled any of the intelligence collection SIGINT sensor package uh, on the balloon. But that's not confirmed, and I, I don't know that it can be or ever will be. Yeah, in, in all of my complete lack of expertise, that's the only logical conclusion I could come to, is that, that it was it was dead in the air, and in which case it's no threat. And so it's just, let's see what it does. It's making, you know, it's for all the world to see. It's a Chinese incursion into sovereign airspace. And I guess on the geopolitical stage, that's right. That's good anti-China rhetoric. That's the only thing I could really think of is they completely disabled it or that they're bombarding it with with false intel or, or whatever, or they hijacked it and China's too embarrassed to admit it's been hijacked. Some, I don't know. I just- Well, why would they hijack it on I'm, I'm a just, flight course I'm that went directly things. over next to by nearby some well, of our absolutely most sensitive military installations on the mainland uh, that, that is continental United States. So I don't believe my own theory, but I'm throwing this the spaghetti at the wall. If you wanted to make China look bad and if you disabled it in the air and it was sending back zero intel and it's completely under your control, yeah, you'd want to make it look a little belligerent i'm just looking at it as like the machiavellian well what i mean what what help does that do to the american national security posture the optics of u.s national security and leadership coming out of the pentagon and the white house oh it makes None. them look horrible yeah, that, yeah no but look, you know what them... that that is exactly the point that i was trying to make in my okay. most recent blog site at newsmax um in defense of liberty it's called uh where two days ago uh, I, uh, I published, or they published for me, uh, an article called, entitled, Yes, China is Probing Our Defenses. And uh, the point that I, was, that I was making there is that in addition to any intelligence collection objectives the Chinese probably had for this balloon, whether they achieved that or not, don't know. But in addition to those intelligence collection objectives, I think that this was in part, at least, a psychological operation sure. by the CCP to uh, deliberately, number one, allow Americans on the ground to, to see this great big white balloon and its sensor package hanging off the side, which a citizen in Billings, Montana did uh, and reported it to local newspaper, uh, which then published his photos and the story about it which is how it came to the public attention 
not by our leadership. Um, so deliberately flew it at an altitude um, that it would be seen on the ground in continental United States. Um, and then across the entire you know, width of, of, of continental United States, the lower 48 until it exited into US territorial waters off of South Carolina where it was finally shot down. Mm -hmm. um, but, but deliberately um, allowing it to be seen and allowing the American people to see that our leadership, our uh, national security, our president, not only tried to keep this from us and hide the truth about what was happening from us, we, the American people, but also chose to do absolutely nothing visible or that they told us about during the entire course of, of this balloon's trek across the United States. I think the Chinese wanted us to be demoralized mm -hmm. even further uh, in, in, in terms of faith and trust in, in our institutions, these institutions now, uh, the military uh, and the White House, if we're not already thoroughly discouraged by what we're seeing there. Sure. I mean, think of the, the demoralizing effects it had of just unchallenged U.S. Uh, air raids over, over mainland Japan. There's nothing you can, your emperor is a god. He cannot stop us. That, that was a huge part of it. Was where sure. where's Hirohito? Where where where's Tojo? Mm -hmm. How come they're not stopping the the American beast? It's because you can't, and that has a huge. You don't even have to hit someone with a bomb. They're just looking at but, that. But they're going, even you know, even worse this time. It's not because the U.S. military couldn't. Well, stop yeah, I think that's even worse. Then it's even worse. You're exactly right. You can I and you won't. You chose not to. Yeah. You chose to let it fly over the entire United States, continental lower 48. Which then does get, I, again, I well, have And to... Alaska. I mean, Alaska yeah. first, right? Yeah. And then the lower 48. Yeah. Which then has me in, then I've got, and then there's the entire idea of it wasn't even released until a citizen pointed it out, right? And then they have to come clean and go, oh, yeah, we see it too. But then it's also like, I get thinking it's all around relatively in the same temporal box as, as all the classified documents being found at, you know, Biden properties. It does kind of look like a a groundswell in AstroTurf, but nonetheless a groundswell of anti-Biden sentiment. And um are they trying to remove is this is this mm -hmm. is this the democratic power structure trying to remove him? Is it I don't know. I'm just trying to throw everything at the wall. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, switching over to to election politics. Um, it, it, it does seem as, as though the uh, Democrat Party um, would like somebody else other than Joe Biden to be running uh, for the presidency come next year in 2024. But, but who, who might that be? Uh, yeah. None of them wants the vice president, the current vice president, Kathleen Kamala, to be the candidate. Uh, then where do they go? And yeah. and uh, so that that's a process that, that the Democrat Party is, is, I guess, trying to work through now. They don't have much of a bench to work with either. Yeah. So that's just like another idea I've been toying with. Is it seems like they're trying to make him appear impotent because I mean, at very face value. So we know that we could shoot it down. That's that's not a question. Mm -hmm. This isn't the 50s with Sputnik. And there were, or... there were many unpopulated areas the balloon flew yeah. over before it got to the more populated, you know, central united states eastern seaboard 
Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the areas uh, up around the Aleutian Islands, around Alaska. Yeah. Um, what about as it's skipped down the western coast of Canada? Yeah. Uh, what about the wide open spaces um, of Montana, Montana. or, or yeah. some of those western states? Yeah. You know, it gets close to ICBM side. I mean, if it gets, I mean, you know, it should stand a reason if it gets close to off at Air Force Base or Maelstrom Air Force Base, you wouldn't care if it is over a city. You'd say there's a greater risk. You right? If it go back to 9-11, you'd shoot down that plane over, you know, New Jersey, you know, just so it wouldn't reach Manhattan, right? So we know that this isn't the 50s when rocket technology is relatively new and we couldn't do anything about Sputnik. That's different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We could. So and China wanted us to see, we the American people to see that we could have, but our didn't. leadership chose not to and to leave us exposed and leave our sensitive military sites exposed, et cetera. So I, again, in the flow chart of thought, I have to look at it and go, okay, it's not because we can't. Mm -hmm. So why didn't we? Is it as simple as as Biden and the military structure are are controlled by China? I'm like, all right, well, that that's a little convenient for me because that's exactly what I want to hear is they're evil. Is it is it to remove Biden? Is this our own power structure going, yeah, it's not a threat, but let's make Biden look bad? Is this just another piece in a puzzle to put us put the world on more of an anti-Chinese sentiment? Where did COVID come from? Three years later, sovereign airspace incursion, you know, well, you know moving on Taiwan. Speaking of the rest of the world, I think that's a really good point about this to bring up. And that is that, yeah, the entire world, our friends and allies, but our adversaries too, were watching this whole thing because it was on live stream television for days. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what kind of a message does this send the mullahs in Iran, uh, a Putin in the Kremlin, um, a Xi Jinping, uh, who, who's, you know, contemplating his own strategy for, for taking over Taiwan? Um, they're all watching. And um, once again, not not good optics, not a good image of, of uh, you know, resolve uh, from from the top leadership of the United States. Yeah. So, again, I have to just disclaim that a lot of what I'm saying, I don't even believe, but I'm more so just trying to think aloud of what is what is the effect of this? And I mean, some of the guys I had on uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Bernie Flowers the other day who spent 20 years in, or 30 years in in NORAD and U.S. NORTHCOM. Mm. It was like there's like there's not a there's not a bird over the United States that this thing that they don't see. So he's like, so what is the reasoning behind that? And whatever it is, I don't think it's and not to go full tinfoil. I just I don't think it's whatever we're seeing. It's too simple. It's it's too simple of we're all just, you know, screaming and memeing about a balloon in the air. It's maybe it really is that the that those in, as uh, as Ron Moeller, you know, former CIA air branch pointed out, he was I'm not surprised because this is still the team that did cobble. This is still them. Why wouldn't they drop the ball? So I don't know. But then I think it was yesterday an article came out, and I, I haven't vetted it, and I have no idea if it's true, so take it with a grain of salt. But someone's saying that the recovered wreckage is all made of, like, U.S. parts. Well, there are U.S. parts contained in what they've recovered, although it seems uh, that they've not recovered quite a bit. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to or not. But in any case... 
what 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 that shows, I think, is that um, the the Chinese have found ways around, you know, any kind of uh, restrictions on export of sensitive United States um, technology. Uh, they found ways around that, and uh, we we really need to take note of that if we're serious about stopping that kind of flow of, of sensitive United States technology, which could be used not just by the by the, the, the Chinese communists, but also uh, how about by Iran, mm. uh, which is building drones to be um, sent to Russia uh, for use uh, in the invasion of, uh, of Ukraine. And, and those drones are now showing up, shot down sometimes um, with US technolo technology parts, uh, you know, components within them so our um you know our our export controls uh need a bit of uh fine tuning because it's been so long since we've talked could you give me uh, your update on what's going on in ukraine i it's something i follow very loosely mm -hmm. and it, it, not i mean not to not to disregard it but it just kind of seems like there's a lot going on it's just yeah. like yeah they're still going at it and like that's as much as is that's as much as what trickles down to average Joe like me is it's still happening. Like, okay. Yeah, no it is still going on. Um, after the, uh, the Ukrainian counteroffensive that began last summer uh, into the fall and late 2022 um, winter hit, of course. Uh, and um, uh, things settled into something of a standoff. Um, but now just more recently, the Russians uh, seem to have, uh, begun their much anticipated um, counter counter offensive, uh, which which was predicted for about the spring uh, coming in a while here uh, there here 2023, um, and uh, they seem to be focused on uh, that eastern area of the Donbas, uh, in particular I guess um, Donetsk the oblast um, uh, in the southern part of, of the Donbas. Um, Although uh, they are not making a lot of progress, um, the Ukrainians are still holding them off for the most part. Um, but uh, they are seeming, the Russians, that is, they, they seem to be on a, uh, a big uh, call-up, um, recruitment call-up uh, for more troops. And they um, appear to be um, deciding to, to, to rely less on uh, Prigozhin's uh, Wagner group um, which was recruiting out of penal colonies and the gulag and so forth, and they just became cannon fodder. Um, but now a, a, an actual, you know, call up of Russian mm. uh, citizens uh, has has begun. Um, and um, we'll see, uh, you know, how, how that goes. The Ukrainians, of course, um, have been requesting, uh, in particular right now, heavy armored vehicles, tanks, Abrams. And there was quite a bit of discussion about, you know, which tanks from where uh, it seems to be agreed upon now uh, that the Germans are going to be sending uh, some Leopard tanks, very high, high end advanced um, uh, tanks there. The British, um, likewise, they're going to be sending, I think they're called commander, commanders, their tanks. And we, the United States, will be sending some uh, Abrams tanks. Um, so uh, that is what the Ukrainians were requesting. Um, and and those are on their way. Now, the thing is, and there's been quite a bit of commentary about this, 
the Ukrainians are best trained. Uh, they, they, they know the old Soviet equipment best. Uh, and what we're sending them now requires uh, training yeah. for the crews uh, before they can operate, for example, these tanks. And uh, that training is taking place um, uh, in uh, Eastern European countries um, like Poland. And uh, they've, they've been at that training now. Ukrainian troops have been training for quite a while. And um, hopefully their, their training um, will you know, match up with the tanks when they arrive. Um, not to just keep, sometimes when I have you on, I, I just kind of used you like Google. I'm just, I'm just like, what does Claire think about this? Um, but last night I was just kind of, on, kind of on a whim. Last night I was just reading about uh, the Wagner Group. It, actually, yeah, last night I was just, I don't know why I was just looking it up. Someone was uploading and I just had nothing to do. Um, and, you know, again, very little I know about Blackwater and XE. And I know private military contractors are a thing and are growing. And it was, you know, reading. And with Wikipedia, I never know what to trust anymore. And it kind of. So it it supposes that it's Putin's private army and it can do things that the Russian military isn't allowed to do. Again, I don't know what what filter and what bias I'm reading it through. Whatever. But they um, have not. The point is they have not performed, um, to be worth, you know what what they're all cracked up to be. Put it that way. Yeah. So, what what is what is the, and again, you I guess you have to educate me on this, like. Why, why, why PMCs? Why, why not just the Russian? What is the value? Well, the, is it the, higher the, end? I mean, is the it... Russians uh, not only are short on manpower. Sure. Um, they, uh, they also were relying on on groups like the Wagner Group, uh, which um, perhaps can do things um, in terms of war crimes. I'm talking yeah. about uh, that give uh, the the main Russian army leadership plausible deniability gotcha. right? i think I that you. might be part of it but they did not the wagner group did not perform uh, up to expectations or hopes and uh, they are now apparently relying less on them so is it kind of just like the illusion of choice like when you find out some parent company owns both both types of detergent you use is it kind of like that like get conscripted or go join up in a private one but either way you're going to die in the 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 grinder of ukraine is that I, I guess something like that. Sure. I guess that's just kind of a more broad question, not even necessarily about Wagner, about PMCs is, you know, I always kind of imagine it as like private security for, you know, a well, it's a little um, less uh, legitimate than 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 the ones that you, we may be more familiar with over here. Yeah. Like I get like the the private like I've interviewed, you know, Dale, who's in Delta for 20 years, and he talks about private security he did for like a Hong Kong billionaire. And he, he gets his team and it's it's top dollar. You know, they get to do whatever they want. There's no you know uniform and it's snazzy. You're traveling all over the world in a private jet. Like I get that. You look at like a Mark Zuckerberg or a Bezos or an Elon Musk or even a Joe Rogan. They all have their own teams. Of, but those kind of seem, again, in all of my lack of expertise, like more boutique kind of smaller you know, it's for it's it's for your billionaire about town, less of a, a nation state. Well, I mean, it, it, in, in the Russian context um, and and specifically talking about the Wagner group um, for a time, there, there seemed to be some kind of competition, actually, okay. a rivalry uh, with Putin and and the Kremlin and, and the, you know, the official Russian army. 
that seems now to be fading somewhat because of the poor performance by the Wagner Group. Gotcha. Now, as we were entering, when when did Russia invade? It was February, right? February 24th, 2022. So we're coming up on a year, coming up yes. on a year in 14 days, so 351 days. As it's less, I guess, dramatic and novel, and it's it almost seems to be, again, I know we're coming sort of out of winter, so you're going to have that natural stalemate that is, I guess, natural to any Russian, Russian war. Um what are you looking at in like another it's like a year ago if we had talked about these predictions it was all too new you know it was all changing so immediately now as it seems to be condensing into a more coagulated almost world war 1ish if you will what do you see for the next off, year huh? yeah. yeah what do you what do you use again not in all of your I wisdom i think it 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 very much depends on how much um of the advanced weaponry that the Ukrainians need, we of the United States and the rest of uh, Western Europe, NATO, can get to them with the training that are that's necessary to go with them uh, on an urgent basis. If we if we would flood Ukraine uh, with the weaponry they need now, of course, uh, the president Volodymyr Zelensky is now asking for uh, jet fighters mm-hmm. um, uh, because, as we saw, of course, in uh, in Iraq, um, a tank is is better countered by air power yeah. than other tanks on the ground. Yeah, and and they know that, so they're asking for fighter jets. Um, but but you know the the slow walking of of the aid of the uh, of the equipment the, um, the the weaponry that we've provided uh, to Ukraine, I think really has contributed in in great measure. Um, to, to the fact that this is such a slog to get the Russians out of their territory. And um, to counter that, uh, it needs to be uh, provided more quickly, but of course the training has to go with it. Again, these are Western weapons now, um, not, not the old uh, Warsaw Pact types. Um, but but it's, it's, uh, it's turned into an equation of how much can we get to them, how fast. They've got the willingness to fight. I mean, sure. they have shown. Well, sure, it's your homeland. You know, and and they will not. They will not stop. They will not quit. Yeah. They will fight as long as it takes to get the Russian invaders off their land. Well, that's you'll always fight harder for your homeland. Sure. It's just yeah. it's home field advantage. There's yeah. it all throughout history. You'll always you'll always hard you'll always fight harder for preserving your homeland than to be an occupying force or a mercenary gun whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess I'm looking at it more as is the is the hope that we just keep escalating until finally there's just a, an agreement. Well, I mean, the thing is that escalating, you know, in these little bitty step by steps is not the same thing as pouring as it on in one, you know, as fast as as, as feasible with the training to go with it um, to overwhelm. Yeah, uh, and and throw back uh, the Russian invaders. Um, you know the way we've we've been we the United States. I'm not speaking necessarily for the rest of Europe, but sure. or NATO. But um, yeah, the impression is that that we've been slow walking, especially at the beginning. Maybe less so now. Um, but it but it has to be provided in in uh, you know quantities and and at a speed that will you know take. Uh, the Russians and throw them back. 
throw them yeah. backward. Uh, yeah. Not just not just a grind into it, like you said, a you know a World War One trench style warfare. Uh, but but you know uh, in 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 uh, you know sufficient quantity and quality um, to to actually throw back the Russian invaders. Yeah, if you're gonna escalate, escalate. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it. I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure if it worked, but kind of, I guess, the surge. When was that? Like 2010, 2011. The idea of adding like five. No, I don't think that worked, but like adding like 500,000 troops or something is to do it in a reasonable manner, right? Mm -hmm. uh, again, hearkening back to I would, I guess, be our campaigns over the uh, European and Pacific theater. It was constant escalation. It was constant Liberty ships, P-51s. It was just more, more, more everywhere you mm -hmm. look, just overflowing with. Right to put the fire out, if you will. Yeah. Right? You don't slowly turn up the sprinkler. You well, I mean, and here hose. here's the other thing about where we're at here in the United States right now. Um, in in 1941, you know, at, at Pearl Harbor, um, we were not geared up for for World War II. We were just yeah. not. But we had an industrial base that was churning out cars and tractors yeah. and farm equipment, harvesters and combines. So we had the industrial base and we don't have that right now. It's very true. So they could gear up pretty quickly to, to turn that production from combines to uh, tanks and planes back yeah. in the forties. Yeah. But now because we've let our, our, our uh, industrial base uh, slip so, so badly, it's a much more difficult proposition to, to, to gear up and replace, you know, all this equipment that we are sending over there, um, you know, for ourselves, for our own inventory, uh, to be to be ready um, to to defend and deter any threats that are coming against us. Yeah, that's very true. Is like, uh, I'd be like if McDonald's started selling tacos instead of hamburgers. Like they still they have the ability. It would take mm -hmm. a minute, but they could they could churn out billions and billions served. Right. And that was 1940, 1941, 1945 is we had the weird, you know, thrown up skyscrapers and Ford cars and you just tweak it. You had a barrel to it. Right. And now it's some the same thing. So I guess I was looking at it more as uh, were we choosing back to modern day Ukraine? Are we choosing not to escalate that quickly? Is there some war game theory that in the you beginning, don't want to I think high? we did. Okay. Yeah, I think in the very beginning, like, let's say the spring of last year, 2022, uh, there was hesitancy to go all out in support of Ukraine because for whatever reason, and again, this goes to the extremely poor quality of national security advisors and the team that Biden's got around him, they uh, assessed that, that the Russians were going to overwhelm Ukraine quickly, take Kiev, decapitate the government, and, and go on to capture the whole country. That was the assessment. And of course, you know, they were completely wrong. I don't know why they were so poorly uh, prepared to to understand, but they were. And it was only after a, a period of time and the Ukrainians showed their fighting spirit. Uh, I mean, they would have fought with pitchforks if that was all that was left to them. Sure. Then we started slowly gearing up and and speeding up, you know, the delivery of, of, of the weapons they needed. Missiles came early on, the harpoons, um, you know, the uh, anti-aircraft uh, batteries, uh, eventually the high Mars, all of that. Uh, but but it was it was slow walked. And, and I think it was because in the beginning, at least first part of last year into, I don't know, maybe as far as the summer, 
when the Ukrainian counteroffensive really got going, it was not thought somehow by our senior, I, I don't know how they get to be senior, um, national security advisors, military Pentagon, DOD, uh, that Ukraine could hang on and they weren't going to pour anything, you know, into a losing cause, I guess was their thinking and air quotes thinking. Sure. Um, but but now they realize that Ukraine will fight, you know, um, for as long as it takes to to get the Russians off of their land. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've had on Clay Martin several times, former Green Beret. He was like, it's not until 20 years in hindsight that he understands why the Afghanis and Iraqis, you know, the indigenous in the mountains kept fighting them. And he was like, now I, I get it. It's because mm. that's their home. They don't, mm -hmm. they, they're not stupid. They know that we are far more advanced. He's like, but now I understand. I think his line is like, now I understand the grandpa with the bolt action is that's okay. their home and there's nothing. They have nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> could it be then? So yeah, yeah. So last spring, it might be the reason why they don't dump it all on at once is because the difference between now and 1941 is, everybody's armed to the teeth with nuclear weapons and that is you can't escalate you can't go total war anymore it's just a it's a bad idea but now so we're kind of theorizing that it's because we're unable to to for a third option i would say how can we how can we tie in the balloon incident with this if we know we're capable to shoot it down and our own leadership won't is it that there is an ineptness is that there is, is this a psychological aspect that we can, but won't arm the Ukrainians? Is yeah, there something I mean, this is it? a, um, we're getting into wild speculation. I know that, but no, but, but, but there's, there's, there's reason for it. Um, you know, we, we were talking about optics and, and the optics that are being provided to the rest of the world, as I said before, uh, is that the current leadership in Washington, DC, whether you're talking about the white house, the national security council, the intelligence community, um, the uh, Department of Defense and the Pentagon are just uh, the weakest uh, that we've probably ever had in the history of the United States. And it's it's visible, it's, it's obvious, it's perceived by the entire rest of the world. And so for them, uh, a Xi Jinping, a Vladimir Putin, uh, even a Kim Jong-un, um, you know, uh, the mullahs in Iran, this is their chance. This is this is their chance um, because they know that things will turn around in Washington D.C. eventually, um, and other leadership will will rise up that will be a lot tougher to deal with than than the pile of limp spaghetti that we're dealing with now. Um, so this is their chance. This is their window. That's what they see. That's what they perceive. And at the same time, like I said about the Chinese and the balloon, you know, they're taking every opportunity to show to display the United States uh, as weak um, and our leadership as unwilling, uh, you know, even uh, to, to do what the preamble to the US constitution says, provide for the common defense. And by that demoralize uh, the United States population, we the, we, we the people, demoralize us, uh, uh, degrade, debilitate our, our our faith and our trust in our own leadership. Um, you know, this is corroding us from within. Other of our institutions already have been uh, corroded from within. 
um, you know, think about uh, academia, think about uh, entertainment, Hollywood, think about um, sports, think about public health. Um, and now it's it's our military, uh, maybe one of the last institutions that still had some measure of public confidence in it, and the White House, of course, which doesn't didn't have much confidence left at all at this point. But but the psychological impact of that um, is 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 to uh, debilitate the morale of the American people. I think. Remember Yuri Besmanov, mm -hmm. the KGB defector who spoke on so many different interviews after his uh, 1972 defection um, for, for years thereafter. Um, and, and he spoke about the four stages of, of taking over. And he was talking about communism, of course, but it, it applies. The first was demoralization, then destabilization, then chaos, or a crisis, crisis, and then finally what they called normalization. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we're we're certainly in the first and the second of those, the demoralization and the destabilization of our society, of our various sectors of society, as I mentioned before, academia, media, public health, uh, and so forth. Um, they're 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 infiltrating and corroding those from within, without ever even at this point um, deploying a single tank, ship, plane, or troop, balloons. Okay, yes. But, but there's been no invasion, but this is what's meant by unrestricted warfare in yeah. terms of the Chinese anyway, um, the Chinese Communist Party, unrestricted warfare um, is, is, you know, taking pages right out of Sun Tzu, um, warfare by any other means than kinetic. Um, but that's, that's what we're looking at. So it's not as simple as this administration's week so much as this has been the long march of, That's of unrestricted of warfare yeah. marxist philosophy and subversion mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. it's not that we're dumb with our pants around our ankles it's even worse as ken clisby would say it's willing accomplices yeah i mean that's certainly what it looks like that's what's it's intended to give the impression of to the rest of the world by by the chinese by by you know the kremlin so is there any so if by, if by that measure, the entire thing is, or large portions of it have, have been captured, that would include the, the, the voting apparatus and infrastructure, which I would imagine me, it's not too, it's not too big of a, a jump to say, and there is no voting it out. Well, there so, is. And, okay. and I think we just showed that in the November 22 elections, uh, in which, um, the house changed hands and is now led by Republicans. Sure. Uh, yeah, fair enough. So it is still possible, and it's certainly even more possible at local levels, state level, county level, district, precinct, on down to the local level. Uh, and that's been happening all over the country at those local levels. Remains to be seen, you know, what will happen next year uh, with the 2024 presidential elections. But we do still have a republic. And remember what republic means. It's from two Latin words. I think we've talked about this before, yeah? Res publica. Res means the thing, publica, public, the public thing. What is that? Well, it's the law. And in our case, that means the Constitution and the laws derived from it, Article 6 of the Constitution. Uh, and that that is still there. And people know it's still there. Hmm. Uh, we just we just have to uh, 
up the game a bit. So, and I, and I hate saying this because I feel like everyone said this about every election for the last eon, and it's, you know, this next election, is it's all this or nothing. Um, oh, it's critical. Yeah. Sure. I mean, at a certain point, you got to wonder, you know, how deep does the hatred of someone like Trump go? Or it's it's a luxury it's a luxury to hate them when the stock market's doing okay, right? But when there is no southern border, when there is a uh, incursions of sovereign airspace with no response, and uh, and there's widespread censorship still being unchecked, mm-hmm. you gotta wonder, you know, how much do they do they really hate Trump? Is it is it all the way to is it a virus where you just walk off the cliff well it's 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 it is hatred of trump yes to be sure <laughs> uh and that's very deep but but it's beyond that it's it's what it's what donald trump stands for yeah uh he he stands for uh make america great again and that means article 6 um you know the restoration of our foundational principles in the constitution those Judeo-Christian principles uh, that have been flouted uh, and, and walked all over so badly. He stands to, to reinstall those, or not reinstall, but, but, but revive and restore them. And that's what uh, the deep state, that's, that's what um, you know, all, all of these who, who are enemies of this republic and of our foundational principles, constitution, Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and everything stated in them, they're they're against all that. But so it's not just against Donald Trump, the man. It's what he stands for and has shown that he is pledged to defend and to restore, make America great again. Do you think it would have a better chance of succeeding if it wasn't Trump carrying the torch? And I'm, by the way, I'm not for that mindset. I'm not for appeasement. But just as a as a, I don't see exercise. anybody else with with his first of all record of credibility because he's already been through sure. you know a a full uh, administration of four years. Fair enough. Um, I I don't see anybody else of his stature right now, his um his popularity uh, within yeah. uh, the American public. Yeah. Broadly speaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, he can. I mean, we, you know, unlike the Democrats, I, I would say that the Republican Party has quite uh, a nice, respectable bench, and I can see that there are others who will come up behind Trump, twenty-eight, thirty-two, and so forth, on and on. You know, a Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, of course, comes to the top of the list. Um, you think of a Tom Cotton in uh, what is it, uh, Arkansas, right, Arkansas. Yeah. Um, uh, you think of uh, a Carrie Lake who uh, had her election up and stolen from her uh, for governor of Arizona would today be governor there. But uh, she's another one, um, um, you know, uh, Kristen, uh, Christy Nome in, in governor of South Dakota. Uh, and, and we could name more, you know. So the Republicans do have quite a bench that they can turn to and draw on. But I think this time, uh, it's Trump. It's for Trump. He needs to finish what he began. Yeah, he he does have the. He certainly has, you know, for as much as people hate him. On the flip side, he also does have a, a following that. It's pretty un- insane, for a guy out of office. I'm pretty sure at any given moment he could still go on tour and rival. Oh, he's going him. to start probably yeah. probably pretty soon, is what I hear. 
I mean, yeah. but even even like yeah, last year he goes to a random city. I mean, it rivals like the Beatles. It is it is not <laughs> like him yeah, or hate. Yeah, him. I know what you mean. Yeah, the the the, uh, the respect That's... that people have for him, the love. I mean, it really is love that people have for him beyond just respect and admiration, but but a longing uh, that he can return and finish the job of restoring this republic. Yeah, and it's uh you know for anyone you don't you don't have to like him. I mean, I mean. But just turnout, turnout is turnout. It's it's an objective fact. Go look at the crowd. It's nuts. You don't have to like it, but it is nuts. Um, it's yeah, a and, phenomenon I've I've never seen the likes of before. I mean, sure. the, the the popularity of a Ronald Reagan, for example, was was uh, probably the you know the biggest thing up until that time yeah. uh, in the modern era, anyway. Yeah. Um, but this goes way beyond that. Yeah, it's it's it is almost like a weird kind of rock star status. Um, but and then it you know it maybe doesn't even need to be as lofty as restore the republic so much as it can just be start moving in that direction. Yeah, like like when you're dieting, I'm gonna lose ten pounds this month, and then after a week, you're like, let's maybe aim for like a pound a month, and it's that's still good. And yeah. um, so but we're we're coming up on an hour um we are is there anything anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to touch on you know i think we've really covered uh, the gamut <laughs> for this week anyway <laughs> I think um, i'm sure there'll everything. be more to uh, to bring up next week all righty well miss claire lopez uh everybody go follow her on twitter go follow her social media check out her websites her writings her articles i'll put all that in the description as i always do and uh i will see you next week and we will we'll we'll Sounds stop good. we'll stop with the hiatus We'll get back okay. to our, our regularly scheduled programming. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank you Tommy. so much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for coming on. God bless everybody.